Welcome to Camp Podcast Piano Talk. I am pianist Migo, and I serve as president of the Contemporary Art Music Project, or CAMP. CAMP is an organization that promotes innovative art music and collaborates with composers and performing artists. One of many activities we do is our podcast series. Our hosts explore a wide range of topics from marginalized composers in the music history to current collaborations. CAMP is currently accepting acoustic works, electroacoustic works, and installation proposers for the annual Festival Campground 23. Do you want your works to be performed by the CAMP performing artists? to be choreographed by Tampa City Ballet and to be displayed at Tampa-based gallery Tempest Projects. Submit your work now. Go to www.contemporaryartmusicproject.org and learn more about Campground 23. Tonight, I am your host and I am delighted to have pianist Nick Gerpe. Hailed as magnetic and wonderfully illuminating, Nick is a champion of new music and has worked with many, many renowned composers. This year, he is celebrating 50th anniversary of George Crumb's Macrocosmos through playing Macrocosmos Book One and 12 new compositions that are response to Macrocosmos. Hi, Nick. Welcome to Piano Talk, and thank you so much for being here with me. Hi, Enmi. Thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we usually start with a question uh, about your background as an icebreaker. Um, so we would like to know what was your early encounter with piano and why did you choose this profession as a professional pianist and piano teacher? Sure. Well, um, when I was a kid, I should start by saying that um, neither of my parents are uh, professional musicians. Um, my dad played the guitar. Um, he still actually plays a bit. And... Um, but not as a profession. It's more like a, a passionate hobby for him. Uh, but we always had music at home, never really classical anything though. I mean, my parents always would play jazz or classic rock or Motown or, um, you know, I remember very, very distinctly Sunday mornings, it was kind of a thing for my parents to crank things like Smokey Robinson or the Temptations, um, you know, so I, I, you know, have that association of that music with uh, pancake breakfast on Sunday mornings kind of thing. Um, so really classical music was not such a big thing in our house. And honestly, I thought um, when I was a kid that I wanted to kind of do what my dad did and play the guitar and, you know, do rock or jazz or, you know, the finger style type stuff he was working on. Um, and when I was about seven years old, I remember very clearly sitting in the kitchen at home and my mom was on the phone with uh, one of her best friends who at the time was actually uh, going through a separation from her husband. And so they're trying in figuring out who keeps what from the house. Um, 
I guess she had this old upright piano at home and she told my mom, you know, you can have this thing for free. You just have to pay the moving fees. And so I remember my mom kind of putting her hand over the, the, the mouthpiece of the phone and looking over at me and saying, would you want to take piano lessons? And I said, sure. And that's, that's how that started. Um, and so as I, uh, got older and progressed through playing, I should say my first piano teacher was primarily a jazz pianist who taught classical music. And he exposed me to a whole lot more stuff. And I got really enthusiastic about um, people like Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea. And uh, again, I thought, well, this would be really cool. I'd love to play some of this stuff. And, um, you know, my teacher was at the time was constantly teaching me standard repertoire classical music. So I was, um, you know, learning about Bach and Beethoven and all the great masters and learning to play that repertoire. Um, and then I remember in high school, my dad introducing me, he, you know, he said, said like, uh, you know, you like, you're playing this classical music and you also like jazz, you might enjoy this. And he gave me a, album of uh, the British progressive rock band Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Um, I don't know if you know those guys, but um, it was a trio consisting of Keith Emerson, who was their pianist and keyboardist, and uh, Greg Lake, their guitarist, bassist, and vocalist, and uh, Carl Palmer, a drummer and percussionist. And what really blew my mind about their sound was not just their original compositions. And of course, one of the really interesting things about them was you know, during the 70s, they were so innovative with um, working with electronics and electronic instruments and experimenting with new synthesizers um, like the Moog and whatnot. Um, so aside from their original compositions, which were really, really amazing, they also did a whole lot of transcriptions of 20th century classical composers. So the first time I ever actually heard Bartok or Ginastera or Janacek was through this filter of these guys um, kind of electrified rock transcriptions of this music. Um, if you can kind of imagine what that might sound like. And so Amazing. I thought, Amazing. Oh, this, is, <laughs> this is really cool. I want to go check out, you know, what, this Bartok, what is this all mm -hmm. about? And so you know, I went and I listened to um, a whole lot of that repertoire and was just amazed, you know, like the first time you ever hear Bartok or Ginastera, it's like, oh my gosh. Um, and so I decided, okay, I think this is really the music I want to be playing. And so that kind of set me on this trajectory towards uh, pursuing contemporary classical music. It was a very sort of roundabout way of getting there, but I got there eventually. Yes, that's very interesting and a fun way to get into that world, really. But um, you you got your uh, degree from USC. That's right. Um, and you had this uh, classical uh, training uh, to become a pianist and um were there any particular styles that you um, really enjoyed learning and performing or composers? Of course, you talked about uh, Bartók, Inasfera, and Janáček, but 
Um, are there any other? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as, as much as I play and specialize in contemporary repertoire, I mean, I still love playing standard rep. And I should say, you know, when I entered uh, USC, um, you know, I told my teacher that, you know, my goal was that I really wanted to, to pursue um, contemporary repertoire. And she was super, super, super supportive of that mm -hmm. and wanted to really uh, help me with that. But uh, she also said, you know, at the same time, you need to be equally proficient in playing all of the styles. Um, mm -hmm. I remember very clearly on many occasions, you know, having discussions about how being really good at doing the one thing um, is great, but actually if you're really well-rounded and you're able to play beautifully in all of the styles, really all of these composers and all of these styles um, help you play better in the other styles. Um, and, you know, the thing to remember too, is that at some point all of these composers were the new music, right? Oh, so yes. I always kind of think about think about that. Um, you know, as far as specific composers, um, I particularly love Haydn. Actually, um, one of my favorite pieces that I played were the uh, the F minor variations. It's such a oh. such a cool piece, you know, and so. Yes. Uh, just such a unique kind of sound. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, the sonatas are fantastic. Um, I, I really rather enjoyed playing um, list pieces. Um, the uh, St. Francis legends yeah. were really, uh, they're great pieces. And in a, a lot of ways, those pieces and some of the, uh, the years of pilgrimage are kind of like these proto-impressionist uh, pieces. So you know, those are really fantastic but um oh no there's there's plenty of the standard repertoire that uh, you know it would take me forever to list kind of my favorite uh, pieces or composers absolutely there are way too many composers for piano i think and uh that's manovsky uh mito piece that you played uh was really imaginative beautiful colorful uh piece uh really beautifully played and so i want to know that uh you had any particular reason to who programmed this work and my assumption is that um that you also played the juhi Bansal's piece in the same concert so that's right yeah yeah i assume there's some kind of theme or some ideas going on there yeah so um, the Shimanovsky, the Mitops, um, you know, he was a, a really interesting composer. Um, he was very much, you know, a contemporary of uh, Ravel, and um, definitely you can hear in his music influence of Scriabin and the Impressionists, um, you know, Debussy and Ravel, of course. And um, what was interesting about him is he had these kind of uh, several different compositional periods like his his earliest music is this very 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 um late hyper romantic kind of sound and then he has this middle style that's very much in this sort of impressionist vein with his own very unique sound world 
Um, and that's where the metopes fall. They're kind of in the you know, 19-teens when he was really, really, really interested in um, Greek mythology particularly. And uh, you know, he traveled throughout the Mediterranean. Um, and then in his later period, he got really interested in the folk music of uh, Poland. And um, so he wrote this, you know, pieces like the mazurkas for piano in this later style and really assimilated the uh, Polish folk music. Um, but anyway, these metops, you know, these are one of these pieces where um, I was probably on some scavenger hunt in the music library as an undergrad <laughs> and I found them and thought, well, these would be really cool to play when I grow up, you know, when I can actually play them because um, they're among other things, uh, ferociously difficult. And um, I had always wanted to perform these pieces. And so for this particular recital, um, which was in 2015, uh, Piano Spheres asked me to be a part of their, Piano Spheres, I should mention, is um, an organization in Los Angeles dedicated to contemporary piano music. And um, they started with four core pianists and have been performing um, for many years, and um, starting in 2015, they started this satellite series where they invited, uh, they started inviting younger artists to put on recitals, so they invited me to play. And um, so the theme of this particular recital um, actually goes back to the crumb macrocosmos, which, um, you know, one of the poetic lines that he talks about um, being an influence on that piece is uh, from the French mathematician and poet uh, Pascal, who said, um, the eternal silence of infinite space terrifies me. And this idea of infinite spaces and boundlessness um, kind of stuck with me. And so I thought, you know, the Shimanovsky pieces are based on the Odyssey by Homer and uh, this idea of you know, journeying to these far off places. And uh, in particular, these three movements are each based on female characters that mm -hmm. Odysseus encounters. Um, and so it kind of fit in with the overall theme of the recital on which I also played the Macrocosmos. And I also played a piece by a, a modern uh, Canadian composer named Alexina Louis, a, a piece called I Leap Through the Sky with Stars. Um, and then Juhi wrote me this piece, um, Land of Waking Dreams, which was inspired by a backpacking trip that we took to, uh, to southern Utah. So all of the pieces kind of had this uh, sort of cosmic boundlessness mm -hmm. theme going on. Fantastic. Well, let's listen to Mitov's uh, Opus 29 for solo piano by Zmanowski and performed by Nick Gurpy.
so now you have this amazing project this year uh macrocosmos 50 uh and it's at not only the presentation of macrocosmos but also um there are these 12 new works uh that are answering to or responding to the macrocosmos um how did you come up with this um, project well um this piece um in particular and crumbs music in general has been really special to me for a long time um i think as far as you know you probably have had those these experiences too where a certain composer's music or a certain artist's performance really just inspire you and kind of make you feel like wow this really has given me some kind of direction or kind of open my mind to the possibilities of what music can be like. And for me, the first time I encountered Crumb's music was really like that. Um, you know, I'd never heard anything like it. It's a combination of the way that he uses all these novel sounds and really creates such an incredible uh, sound world with all of these extended techniques. But also the 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 really um, spiritual dimension often of the works and you know compositionally they're so fascinating and so elegant um i think the first crumb piece i ever heard was the trio for cello piano and flute the voice of the whale and it's kind of like you know the first time you hear something like that you know it's just completely blows your mind it's you know i couldn't believe what i was hearing it was just so incredible and so i just had to play his music and um you know of course i, I made it a, a mission to play that piece but the first piece for solo piano that i did was um his uh, little suite for christmas the uh, seven movements based on the, the giotto frescoes and uh you know got really into this uh extended techniques and really expanding the, uh, the, the palette of piano sounds that are available. And um, at USC, one of the professors, uh, Stuart Gordon, he actually is a, a total master at playing the macrocosmos. And I had heard him do it in a recital one year. And so when I was doing my uh, DMA at USC, we have to do a lecture recital as performance majors. And I told my teacher, um, Bernadine Blaha, I said, you know, I really want to do Macrocosmos Volume 1. Like, that would be a really great piece for a lecture recital. And she said, well, that's terrific. You should go study that with Stuart Gordon. And so I had that opportunity to go study this piece with him. And uh, what was really amazing about that is, you know, not only is he an incredible master, at this piece, but he also studied the piece himself with David Burge, who, of course, the uh, the piece was initially written for. Um, so there was this extra special connection with the piece. So I did that for my lecture recital at USC, and then um, you know, I played the piece a couple of times since then. And uh, I had it kind of in my mind recently to record that piece and thought this would be a really great way to kind of celebrate and commemorate this 
incredible work, you know, to have 12 people write these response movements um, to the original, right? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I think that's, it's a one thing that you, you know, that's such a, a probably the most important work, I think, in uh, for piano in uh, 20th century piano literature. Um, and it's quite undertaking to, to learn um, the whole book. <laughs> I tried actually, and I'm still learning, uh, haven't completed yet. Um, but um, I think what's what's really amazing is this, uh, uh, you know, this two, uh, 12 new pieces um, that are also very unique. And, and you also have your own composition in there. That's right. Yeah. 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 Tell us about that. That will be it, that will be really great. Sure. So when I first approached these, all, you know, these uh, the other eleven composers with this idea, first of all, I was really just blown away with how enthusiastic they were. You know, mm -hmm. I kind of explained, you know, here's my idea with this project, and without exception, they were all just completely into it. You know, they they just thought it was fantastic, and so basically, you know, a couple of them asked me, you know. So what kind of piece do you want? And I said, I, I really didn't want to give them too many parameters. I wanted it to be, you, you know, you get to choose which movement you want to do. And of course, as people are claiming the individual movements, you kind of just, you know, mark them off that so-and-so is doing movement four and so-and-so is doing movement six. So there's no repetitions. Um, but basically, I just gave the guidelines of, well, it's got to be between, you know, two and three minutes because I wanted the new cycle to be roughly the same duration as the old cycle, which is, you know, about 34 minutes. And I said, you know, you can use any of the extended techniques, um, particularly the ones that Crum uses. Um, I even gave the option of using fixed media electronics and, uh, one composer on the project took me up on that particular uh, offer, which was pretty cool. Um, but other than that, I wanted it to be kind of a, a free response. You know, the pieces themselves are so loaded with extra musical associations. You know, I mean, Crum has these two uh, lines of poetry from Pascal and Rilke that form the inspiration for the piece. There's also, you know, the piece's title, Macrocosmos, is uh, an allusion to a big influence of his, uh, Bartok. He talks about the, um, the format of the piece, these 12 uh, fantasy pieces on the signs of the Zodiac being uh, reflective of his admiration for Debussy and Debussy's preludes. He talks about you know, Schumann and Chopin being uh, influences on the pieces. He dedicates every movement to a different friend or colleague born under these different um, zodiac signs. Um, of course, there's all of these, you know, really interesting compositional things throughout the piece. The, you know, the cyclicism in the work, these uh, different chords or harmonic patterns that appear in the various. Uh, movements and kind of provide unity and continuity throughout. So there's a, a lot of stuff to grab onto there. Um, and so everybody approached it in really unique and different ways. And so 
my thought was I took the fifth movement, which um, is the Phantom Gondolier, the Scorpio movement. And Crumb dedicates that movement to himself in the original because he was a Scorpio. And it so happens that, you know, I mentioned Keith Emerson earlier in, in, in our chat that Keith Emerson was also a Scorpio. And so I had this idea to make my movement a musical dialogue sort of between Crum and Keith Emerson, kind of imagine what would that be like? Um, you know, so the piece is pretty virtuosic and uh, a lot of mixed meter things and it's very fun to play. Um, it uses some of the inside the piano techniques a la Crum. Um, there are a couple of little uh, hidden allusions in there to these uh, harmonic progressions that Crum uses. But uh, really, my big idea was to sort of celebrate these two uh, great musical Scorpios who had this uh, profound influence on me personally. And uh, in some way, I think that that really reflects a lot of the spirit of the larger work anyway. Um, and, you know, I've been thinking quite a lot recently over the last year, year and a half of, you know, the, the people who throughout our lives really inspire us or give us direction or, um, you know, in some way, shape or form, uh, influence the direction that our lives take. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, I mean, I've just read this uh, really glorious review <laughs> of your performance. Uh, so congratulations. And that's just Thank you. really uh, huge. And uh, uh, um, you have this dedicated website, um, uh, mm -hmm. Microcosmos 50. So we can always go and check out and uh, what's new and what's upcoming performances and recordings and all that. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep um, our ears and eyes open for that, for sure. Um, well, I usually ask uh, all my guests uh, this question because I, I, I feel that it's very, very important. Um, do you uh, have any advice for um, the younger generation of pianists, um, uh, especially, you know, uh, exploring new repertoire and new piano music um and there i i believe that there are tons of great pianists who can play you know at least b minor sonata and of course Rachmaninoff sonatas and concertos and all those big works but i think we are um going towards a, a new um new path actually and so there are also a lot of pianists who are doing uh, different things and new things. So um, if you have any advice, that will be great. Yeah, I mean, I would say to always be inquisitive, number one, is to, you know, go to, you know, go to as many concerts as you can and go see what's actually, see what's out there happening right now and find, you know, the, the composers whose music really speaks to you. And, uh, you know, go check out underrepresented composers or, um, you know, just, just things that, uh, the things that you really don't know, because that can lead you down some really exciting and interesting paths and uh, be willing to be adventurous and go explore and find, 
find what really speaks to you. Um, you know, the other thing I would say is uh, don't be don't be afraid to take risks artistically. Um, as far as your programming, as far as the music that you want to play, if you have some kind of vision, some kind of project, some kind of uh, repertoire piece that really speaks to you, then go for it and, um, you know, really make it yours. And, you know, the other thing I would say is just to emphasize sort of the, um, the importance of collaboration and really, you know, get out there and work with composers, get out there and work with other players who are wanting to um, bring new music to life and uh, think up these, think up interesting collaborative efforts and projects that you can do with, uh, with all of these, you know, different performers or composers. Yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of that, that you work with so many composers and uh, we, we're going to listen to one of the uh, piece uh, in the project, uh, Juhi Bansal's uh, Through Cracked Mirrors. Uh, maybe uh, you can share uh, with us uh, about this piece. Sure. So she wrote the response to the 11th movement in uh, Macrocosmos 1, which that's the, uh, the Gemini movement and uh, what Crumb calls uh, dream images. And he um, subtitles it love death music. And um, it's, uh, I think probably of the set, one of the more famous movements. It's the one where mm -hmm. he has that extended quote of the Chopin fantasy impromptu mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. sort of weaves in and out of the texture. It's like, um, you know, the ghost of Chopin sort of comes for a visit. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've always really loved that movement. It has this kind of, this feeling of like reaching out and trying to uh, connect with uh, somebody who's, who's passed, who's gone. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a very, very spiritual kind of movement. So Juhi took this particular movement and the way that she explained it to me was, you know, the original crumb is like Chopin through the filter of crumb. And so her idea was, okay, what would crumb be like through the filter of Chopin? <laughs> <laughs> and so a lot of the... <laughs> The new piece has a lot of these very Chopin-esque kind of figurations, and the you know particularly like the, the the virtuosic elements of the writing. These you know very rapid arpeggiated left hand um, patterns, and just, there are a lot of very kind of Chopin-esque gestures, but utilizing crumb harmonies. And um, I'm probably. You know, I, I can never speak as eloquently about uh, the composer's music as they can, <laughs> of course, but um, that's kind of where the uh, the title comes from, is uh, if the original is uh, reflecting Chopin through Crumb's lens, then the new one is the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for... Um talking to me and uh, about your project and uh, about your music. Uh, it was really great. And uh, uh, personally, I love the project. And I think it's really fantastic. Um, 
so many congratulations and um i think we can uh wrap up um and uh well let's um uh, say bye for now <laughs> thank you well thank you so much again for having me it's just been wonderful to have this opportunity to chat with you of course um and let's listen to uh what we just talked about uh macrocosmos movement 11 from book one dream images and the responding piece uh juhi Banzas through cracked mirrors
Support us by donating. You can go to our website, www.contemporaryartmusicproject.org and simply click the donate button. Help us continue our podcast, festival, and other exciting projects. Thank you for listening. I will see you next time with more piano music.